This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Howie Nestel. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with some home water treatment companies about their approach to sales and education. In studio with us today is Richard Garcia, an expert at water treatment and the owner of Superior Water Softeners. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, it's your first time. Is this your first podcast? That you very heard? first podcast, yes, All sir. All right, cool. Well, we'll have a lot of fun with that. Also in the studio with us today is Ty Washington, the owner of The Waterman, a full-service water softener and filtration company here in the San Antonio area. Ty, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, sir. Glad to be here. Yeah, you both are looking sharp. You're Thank all you. branded up. And Thank you. you. got a suit on. I feel underdressed. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> At least I wore a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Kruka's Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States. And I'm Howie Nestel. I own an advertising agency called Sharkmatic Advertising. I've been in business now for more than three decades. So I have one foot in the old school of marketing before the World Wide Web was invented. And now a good portion of what we've done in 30 years for 1,500 clients involves a lot of digital marketing. That's yeah, the new wave, right? So when did the internet officially, like when did you switch over to digital? You know, I was in business in the late 80s and there was the, in the 90s there was internet, but not really the World Wide Web as we know it. Yeah. And I was a latecomer to it. I actually had clients that would come and, and beg me, to help them with their website. And I said, you know, I'm more of a marketing purist. I went to UT Business School. I'm not going to get involved with that fad. And it wasn't <laughs> until I started to see that, that everybody and their mother was building websites. So I hired a one part-timer. And I said, and don't think that's all you're going to do because we're going to do radio and we're going to do TV. And uh, now here we are 1,100 websites later. Wow. <laughs> and it's amazing, it's man. Like, it's uh, you know, the internet, whether or not you get a lot of word-of-mouth referral, which is great for a lot of businesses, the epicenter of where business gets done is on the World Wide Web. People yeah. go and look at your backgrounds and go connect with you on social. And that People kind of do stuff. their due diligence, right? It, which is checking you out on social media to find out, are you relevant in your space or mm -hmm. not? So you guys pay attention to your social media quite a bit? Oh, yeah. You do? Yeah. yeah. I, I do. I have um, a team that kind of helps me to manage that process so that um, I, I'm relevant. Yep. I, uh, yeah. I don't have the time, of course, to spend like I want to. So I have somebody who kind of manages that piece for me. And it's not always, a good use of your time to be spending doing posts and tagging and all of the things. What about you, Richard? What are you, what are you doing with yours? I actually am personally involved because uh, I figured out a long time ago that I know my brand better than anybody else's. And so I actually market Richard Garcia and I brand it to my company, Superior Water Softeners. And then here or there, I let some of it go, but for the most part, I, I tee up everything. Ah. There's no right or wrong answer. No. Because right. there's the, if you want it done right, you do it yourself mentality. But then there's the other mentality, because I see the, the power of, for example, Mark's business of leveraging assistance in the Philippines to help do stuff because I give them instructions. There's a little bit of training for some of my personal stuff. And next thing you know, it's done and I don't have to get involved yeah. with it. So they're, they're probably somewhere in between is nice. Yeah. You know, delegate right. it, but, but, but uh, don't abdicate it. Don't just give it away and not follow up with it. So somewhere in between. Yeah, that's I would like to get to that point where I can have that trust factor a lot more than where I'm at right now. But, it, you know, I, I, I'm at the... the uh, 
the point now where I'm just now getting the traction for my business from all the work I've done over the years. And it's kind of difficult for me to let it go right now because I'm seeing huge gains right now from what I've been doing. And trust it. is a super important word, and mm -hmm. we talk about it in networking all the time, right? The, the motto is know, get to know, like, and trust somebody before you can do right. business with them. And that's important, important, especially for entrepreneurs who are not spending OPM other people's money, right? We're spending our own money, <laughs> right? Yes. So we want to know that we could trust them because so many vendors, I would say, uh, have let us down, right? We, yeah. we all have a little gray hair. We've been in business for a long time, so we know better. One yeah. of the best feelings in the world for me is, you know, I've put a lot of time into my virtual assistant uh, folks, and uh, one of them, two of them have been with me over for over a year, right? Um, but developing that trust and honing in on, hey, this is the way Mark wants things done, is tremendous because like when I get down, <clears throat> when I was out sick, <clears throat> my machine went just fine without me, other than being here in the podcast because that's me. Uh, but everything else ran smooth. So getting to that point where I'm not, my business isn't solely relying on myself and it still can be consistent. Plus, I'm a bit of a, I don't know, uh, the entrepreneur that I get bored. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll do social media, but I'm not going to do it three days a week, five days a week. You know, twice a day, hit stories and reels and tagging and all of it. It's just, that just wears me out, right? So it's like understanding that uh, there's fatigue there that I want to avoid by getting people in the right place and then bringing those up. And then they're good at their job. And I feel like I trained them and they know what I want. That's a really good feeling for me in, in building out my business. Different approach, um, but one that I've enjoyed very much. Yeah, I'm interested too, Mark, in, in kind of understanding that that world that you've opened up with your um, your support now um, and how, how what that looks like in because I may be interested in um, employing something like that into what I'm doing to um, leverage some of my people's time yeah well it, I mean Mark will talk about it but you know I've heard friends that have VAs through Mark that have the virtual assistants helping with setting appointments follow-ups uh, getting questionnaires out, posting on social media, organizing files. You know, so mm -hmm. it, it's it's almost tailored designed for what your needs are. Yeah, yeah. $7 an hour goes a long way, too. I, I used to joke that if you can't make $7 an hour into $15 an hour, you should look at your business model, which is a bit crass. But, you know, having that leverage of being able to hire and fire as you need to and, and, and having a great employee that's very, very skilled in their area it's revolutionary, man. And when mm. you can leverage $7 an hour and just keep going, it's uh, that's awesome. I, I at one point had like 27 employees, you know what I mean? I've had to scale back and, and, and you know, as I pivot around. Um, but like our event that's coming up, you know, that's I've leveraged like 99% of that big event that's coming up. Yeah. I hope you guys are going to be there some yeah. Thursday. Yeah, I, be there. <clears throat> I think they sent us something on that. I think we asked for it. Yeah. Awesome. I just got to see if you had a VA, you would have already had yeah. your ticket and everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, let's get into uh, one of my favorite topics. You guys don't know this about me, but <clears throat> water is actually something that I am passionate about because I like my long, hot showers, you know, mm -hmm. and people don't realize that you, that is steam, hot steam you're going on. Mm -hmm. And if there's a whole bunch of chlorine and a whole bunch of nastiness in there, mm -hmm. you're just breathing that in. So, you know, it's beyond just being able to to have decent water come out of your tap that you can drink and so forth. It's way bigger than that. And uh, I didn't realize how bad things were in San Antonio until I've had a few conversations with folks in the past. 
And uh, so I'm really excited to learn about what you guys are doing. So, Richard, we're going to start with you. Let's um, give me a little bit about your background and what led you into the water treatment business. Uh, well, uh, I would say the biggest part of what has made me successful was my military background. At 17, I took my first order uh, from Vice Admiral Callahan, uh, Admiral of the United States Navy. I was in the top secret world, and I mean, he stunned me, gave me a direct order. That helped me be able to communicate with people at a much higher level. Uh, fast forward, uh, I had bought our first home back in 03, and uh, I was working for Time Warner Cable at that time doing door-to-door sales, and we needed a water softener. Somebody came to our house trying to sell us a seven dollars to $8,000 water softener, and I kicked him out. There's nothing in the world that's worth $8,000 on water treatment. No way. I went to go look for a water softener. went to one of the big companies in town. I don't use any names. So I went to one of the big companies in town. They did an interview on me, a kind of question and answer before I knew it. I went from door-to-door sales, selling cable TV, to selling water softeners. Mm. My claim to fame or my favorite statement is I can sell ice to an Eskimo. I can sell anything. However, I can't sell it once I realize a product is bad. And when I realized that I was selling a bad product, then I switched companies. Went to another one. Same problems, different name. Went to another one. Same problem, different names. I then decided that I could create a bit a better widget because I cared more about the water. So I set up my company just like the kind of with the kind of equipment that they were selling. Guess what? I had the same problems. My systems were breaking down. I was finding filth in water softeners. I couldn't understand it. I almost got out of the industry. I mean, I I just felt that I could not sell something that was so filthy because I, I just couldn't do that. I'm selling somebody a system to clean their water when inside of the water softener, the system was filthier than dirt on the street. I mean, it just really was. So I went in search of and found a guy at a, at a Water Quality Association trade show, PhD in water, brought him pictures, brought him videos, and he helped me understand what I was confronting within the water softener environments that I was in. Um, he gave me a recipe. He said, these are four things that you have to do in order to have not have the problems that you're finding in, in the systems out there. So he said, basically, you, you do these four things, and I won't go into all that. It's a long story. You do these four things, and you will be able to have the best system on the market. This is 20, 2008, 2009. That's where I came up with this product right here, which is a sanitizing product for water softeners. What most folks don't realize is that a little bit of everything that goes into the water stays in the water filtration system. It, it festers over a period of time and creates a biofilm that really just grosses the inside of the water softener. It just turns it to filth. So once I applied this application, the four roll recipe that he gave me, my systems seem to have gotten over that hurdle of breaking down uh, I've had people tell me I've bought four systems in 20 years. Why should I buy one from you? What makes you different? Well, 
nothing made me different until I came up with a, with, with a mentality or philosophy of clean water. So I call myself the clean water expert now. So does it, the system matter as much as the sanitizing solution? Or are they both required or what's the other? I tell folks, if you're not sanitizing your water softener correctly, there's no sense in buying anybody's water softener. You might as well go to the store and buy one. You're going to hear it from, from me and nobody else will say it. If you're not sanitizing your water softener correctly, the inside of it will turn to filth. There's a biofilm that's naturally in the water from the dawn of time. Water softeners capture it and water softeners grow it because water softeners inhibit dirt from ever escaping from the vessel. You can never get rid of it unless you have the right technology. So in dirt, micro microorganisms live. Once they get into any dirt, chlorine gas, chloramine gas, which the cities use to make our water potable, can never penetrate the shell of any turbidity. But let me back up just a little bit, just to be in clarity. Is it, can anybody with any water softener overcome this challenge of this, the, uh, I guess? The Absolutely not. So it has, the equipment does matter just as much as the, the sanitizing portion has to be a key factor. There has to be an action plan in effect from the time you fire up a water softener. Immediately from the time you let any water into your water softener, the biofilm is a stickum and sticks to everything and multiplies on itself and then eventually rots from underneath. How does somebody know if they, if they have this problem? Everybody, I mean, most companies will tell you when you have this very slickish feeling on you, because I get asked all the time in the beginning of, I've been in the industry for 23 years, uh, I feel this extra slippery feeling, like a slimy feeling we can never get off of ourselves. Well, I was trained by the companies that I work for to say that soft water. Well, fast forward to me finding the PhDs that I talk to in water, comes to find out that that really is a low-grade bacteria that grows in water softeners. It's not going to kill you, but it's just something that bonds on itself and eventually, I have pictures on my website, eventually turns into a orangish type color to a dark brown color to a black color that secretes out of the valve head and every orifice, even bonds itself as in an algae form inside of your water softener. Again, I have pictures on my website. It literally creates a biofilm gel or film that sticks to everything. Uh, Howie, do you know what he's talking about? Have you felt what he's talking about? Well, <clears throat> I don't know necessarily that I feel it as a sliminess, but I do feel it like as a, like there's something, like I sometimes I feel like I still have some soap on me. Right. That's, but that's probably. That's not soap. That's not soap. That, that is. With the solution that I, I found a manufacturer out of, out of Texas that had a product that advertised to take care of the issues that I'm addressing or talking about. Uh, I tested it out on, on, on just a certain segment of my customers, and immediately that feeling, that, that extra slippery feeling went away. They didn't get a chalky feeling or chalky skin. Uh, the hard water spots were gone. Everything was the way it should be, but that slickish feeling went away. Over the years, I used to do uh, pulling, I pulled out just about every water softener from every company. I've been doing this again for 23 years. 
I would literally dissect. I, I called it the water softener autopsies of everything that I would pull out. And I would take pictures, videos. I would literally saw open valve heads and look for flow rates because the only way that you can clean a water softener correctly, a couple of the parts are, you have to have an aggressive backwash. Most water softeners backwash at 0.5 gallons of water per minute. In order to flush dirt out of the bottom of a water softener, you gotta be backwashing at a minimum of 3.5 gallons of water per minute. You can't do that on 1950s technology. 98% of the industry today sells 1950s technology. Mm -hmm. If you're not buying a higher quality system, you might as well go buy one from the store. So let's say you have a higher quality system mm -hmm. and you buy Richard Garcia's secret solution. Are there directions there on how can I how I use it, and then will imp will it improve my position, or does this, like you said, have to be started right when you first fire it up? If not, there's no value in putting it in. Yeah, well, there there will always be value. What what okay. I say is, if, if if a colony, and I I I posted something today, uh, this morning early about a, a little manual. I call it my Bible uh, that talks about uh, biofilm colonization in water softeners, which is one of the reasons that you have to sanitize your water softener. Uh, immediately from the time you turn on your water, the biofilm that's already coming from lakes, rivers, and streams will filter in to your water softener. It will start sticking immediately to the inside, immediately. Now, it's the optimal position that a homeowner that's investing money in a water softener should have is to start sanitizing immediately. There's a lot of sanitizers out there. Tons of companies use it, but most of them are very chemically enhanced, which end up burning the resin, burning the carbon, damaging the structure matrix of the medias inside, and you have more added maintenance costs down the road. The solution that we use is Baby Gentle. Remember the old ba Johnson's Baby yes, Shampoo right. commercial? Our product is very gentle on the medias, and it goes in and it sizzles the film every 14 to 10 days off of every component, whether it's the valve head, the tank, or the medias, and establishes a near zero clean water softener again so that it can go back into service after the regeneration period. Another thing is, is that putting carbon in a side-by-side -side system, in other words, you put carbon ahead of your water softener, that's a big no-no. In my book, that's my personal opinion. Okay, I have a lot of personal opinions. Anything I say here today is a personal opinion. The reason that it's a big no-no is because carbon immediately, from the time it's created, with air and water, starts collecting bacteria. So if your carbon system is sitting standalone from your resin system or your main mineral tank, what ends up happening is you're not able to disinfect your carbon, it's collecting contaminants left and right. I carry another Bible from the EPA that talks about biofilm in the water distribution system. Every time you turn on your water, if the carbon eventually gets exhausted to the point where it can't collect any more contaminants and suck them in, the contaminants get stuck on the outside of that carbon. And then more bacteria or film grows on those tags. I call them tags, tapo tags. Um, and so every time you turn on your water, the shake of the water as you turn on your water vibrates that carbon and those tapo tags, which are called biofilm tags to me, that's my opinion again, release and go 
into your home, you're cooking with it, you're drinking with it, you're bathing with it. The problem with this is if you look up biofilm on the internet now, you're gonna find out that biofilm is believed to be 70% the cause of our physical ailments today, all the way down to the inability of our skin to regenerate correctly. Okay, as we get older, or wounded warriors, you know, stuff like that, biofilm is a bacteria. So if it's sticking to your body, you have a bacteria fighting you trying to heal. That is my opinion again. I'm not a doctor, but I have read and have read. Yeah, but it makes sense, you know? I'm sure I have a band-aid here because this thing hasn't healed since last Friday and it got cuts, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I, you know, but I didn't make that connection. I'm not thinking about that. It, it, it's uh, uh, How does somebody know if, there's, if they have a problem? I mean, how is the lay person going to understand if they got a problem? Without Jeff from, from, I don't know if I have a problem, do I must have a problem because I don't have the right system. How if you own know? a water softener and you're not sanitizing, you got a problem. How often should you be sanitizing? Every, every regeneration. I, this solution sits inside of a canister in a salt tank, and it drips one milliliter of the solution. It's concentrated per 10 to 14 days. Every time the system regenerates, my systems have stacked carbon. So a lot of companies put a little bitty bag of carbon inside of the mineral tank and say they have a three-in-one system. I mean, there's, there's a company out there that advertises and goes on all the morning shows and says, I have a three-in-one system. I used to sell that system. I know it inside and out, like the back of my hand. It's, it's not all that. So you have to be running some kind you of You have to be running some. And, and there's a lot of them. You just have to be careful on what you're allowing somebody to sell you to put into that system. But here, here, here's the thing. If you put carbon inside of a resin tank and it's in the same chamber as your resin, that is a no-no. Because yeah. you, then if you're not sanitizing, you've got to change your carbon out at least once a year. Okay? That's, you have to. So in our systems, I use a dual chamber system. So it has two chambers. You have a bottom chamber for the resin, you have a mid plate, and then you have a second chamber on top where the carbon sits on top of your resin. It never commingles. And so every time the system regenerates, I'm sanitizing the carbon to minimize bacteria growth and biofilm growth on the carbon, the resin, the tank, and the valve head. All right. Okay. So this drops in when you say the mineral tank, like the salt tank? Yeah, in the salt tank. So it's it, in it the canister. Just, okay. So it drops in there right. and it's a, like timed or whatever, right. some kind of release. Gravity fed. Gravity fed. Right. Oh, great. It, it's, I, I probably have, uh, I've been doing this since 2007. I introduced uh, this product uh, in the testing phase at about 2008, maybe going into 2009. By 2010, it, it was my number one product that I was putting out there. I, I clean water. I don't sell water softeners. Mm -hmm. I just happen to use the best technology that there is around to filter water, and then I make sure I clean the systems on a regular basis. I probably have 1,600 customers on this solution, and they all love it. How often do you buy that? <sighs> well, I just ordered four more cases. Well, is somebody, a homeowner going to go through one of those a month or one of those a year? What is Two it? a year. Two a year. Okay. And, and, and we set everybody up on an annual service call. So we're proactively, and not only do we go and show up and service the equipment, but we wipe down the equipment. We clean around so the water surface. The, uh, the, the salt tank is not a sealed component. We get into a dust storm, or the, the homeowner's blowing the leaves around with the garage door open, and he's blowing dust all over the system. The systems get dirty. You're setting yourself for failure because now the dirt is going to get inside of the salt tank. It's going to suck that dirt into the system. 
So you service the water heaters or the water softeners as well. Yeah. Oh, I love that. All right, Richard, we covered a lot of ground. If folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, you look us up on the website, send us a, a form, uh, contact, or they can call us at 210-792-0962. And what's your website address? W, excuse me, swsoftners.com. Okay, cool. I like it. Simple. Yeah. All right, great job, Richard. Thank you. You wouldn't know that was your first uh, mm. podcast. But right. Thank you. Great job. All right, next up on the show is Ty Washington, the owner of The Waterman, a full-service water softener and filtration company here in the San Antonio area. So, Ty, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, So tell me a little bit about your background, how you ended up in the uh, water business. So my story is very interesting, man. I am originally from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised. Uh, Go Lions. Yeah. (laughs) I just watched a thing on – Barry Sanders mm-hmm. on that whole thing. That was a good Yeah, man. He was uh, amazing when he did play, and he just exited just crazy, just left. Yeah. Something real crazy. But um, originally from Detroit, Michigan, man, um, the industry that I was in prior to when I lived in Michigan, I came from the mortgage banking space. I uh, work for a company you guys may have heard of called Countrywide Home Loans. Oh, yes. I'm familiar with them. Mm-hmm. And then Bank I, of America bought them or something, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. So they I always think when I tell people when they think about Countrywide, Countrywide during the uh, 08 um, crash or the melt, mortgage meltdown, they were the leaders in that, um, in that folly. Mm-hmm. So during that time, um, I was a sales trainer for Countrywide Home Loans in the Detroit uh, area. Uh, I was the top producing loan officer and trainer there, so which was which was good. So I've always been in in the, I like to say the the people business. You know we're in you know we do whatever we do, but we're really in the people business. Um, then being in the mortgage business, um, being able to train and still help people, you know, to ultimately move here uh, to the Texas area and knowing nothing about a water softener. Other, you know, my first experience before. I technically moved here. My wife, her job, you know, she was here working or whatever, and I would hear her talk about how bad the water is even before I had physically been here to experience that. So, of course, shortly after moving here, um, not really thinking about the water, but, you know, how am I going to work, how am I going to eat? I didn't want to get back into the mortgage banking business because I really had a bad, you know, that last uh, 08 was really nasty. Lost a lot, man, but God has blessed us. Anyway, moved here. And um, first got off the, you know, and I got here was to go and get a job back in the mortgage banking space because that's what I knew, but I didn't want to do that. Um, my brother-in-law at the time, he was selling um, home security um, door-to-door, door-to-door sales. And he said, man, man, maybe you want to come out and check this out and see if you, you know, you like that or whatever. Long story short, I did door-to-door sales selling alarms and then finally, one day, um, I saw that he was not only selling um, security, but he was selling water softeners, by the way. That was his, you know, <laughs> by the, the by the way. So I created a whole by the way program from that. But anyway, <laughs> fast forward, I um, really became more intrigued about the water than I was security. So I became a student and went um, um, the Internet, um, tried to learn everything I could from um uh, YouTube and finally um, worked for a plumbing company first here um, who knew nothing about water softeners. It's unbelievable. So people who <laughs> it was a I won't call their names like like Richard. Don't call any names. Right. 
they knew nothing. They would basically say, go sell, you know, all the water softeners you want with zero training. Um, so we did and, and, and lucked up people. They know that they need them. And if you say the right words or whatever, they let you in and they buy. Um, well, anyway, I wanted to go deeper and find a, um, find out more. So I went in, you know, uh, took the class with the WQA, um, to get my certification or license and all that stuff. Then I ended up working for a, um, a water softener manufacturing company where, um, I wasn't selling water softeners per se to homeowners, but we were working to sell water softeners to plumbing companies. So a lot of plumbing companies around town that were using our product, we offered them um, training or, you know, how to sell a water softener. Yeah, so when they have a tie working for them, they're not just sending them out selling. Yeah, with, you know, so you kind of give them some education yeah. behind, you know, what's going on. We, we, we offer the product and then the training behind how to use and sell our product. Um, which that worked out for a while. Then um, the guy that I was working with then at that time, we decided to go into business um, and we started a company together um, that ended up not working well. We didn't stay together long for different different business models or guests. Uh, and I went out on my own and I started the company. So I was just a sales company. And that's when the, the tie the water guy whole little thing started. Um, the networking and, you know, door to door. So I was doing everything I could to get business. You know, um, I met my um, my business partner um, who had been at that point. He was in the water business, I think, probably like 30 years at that point. And he was actually one of my installers. I hired him to install for me. because That was that's that's what his main claim to fame was, because he worked for all the major companies, the um, the Connecticut's, the. Um, Rain Soft, um, um, Hey Culligan Man, he worked for all those guys. Um, so because I wanted to do more, be more um, to a customer than just a sale, because there is so much aftercare, like Richard talked about the, the servicing, the filter changes, and that I didn't have the capacity to do that because I just wanted to go and sell and educate. Well, my business partner, Fred Winnegar, who was, I called him my Moses of water at this time because mm -hmm. this guy knew, you know, about water softness. He knew all, the, all of our competition, how their systems worked and all of that. So I said, look, man, I think we should come together. Um, I'll go out, sales, market, and, you know, train and do all that stuff. And you just handle the installs and the service and all that. So we ended up combining our efforts. Thus, the water man was born. Uh, so we've been blessed now um, to be working together Probably, I think this is going in our eight, ninth year together as the waterman. And, man, we started um, with one truck and my car. And, you know, now we have five trucks and 13 employees. That's oh, fantastic. Nice. So it's been a, um, yeah. a blessing. And so so did you learn something between the first failed business partnership and then the second more successful yes. partnership? Yes. So because, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I one of my Howieisms that Mark maybe has heard or hasn't heard is that I happen to think in many cases, the only ship that's guaranteed not to sail is a partnership. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't mind profit participation, but the minute you sign on the dotted line, now you're partners, you're yeah, almost, man. almost doomed to fail. Not always. Yeah. So how you, you can appreciate this, man. I'm, I'm a believer, right? So the Bible talks about being unequally yoked, right? Um, where my motivation, um, with my uh, business partner before Fred, 
he was really, you know, money driven and trying to sell a water softener for the highest price we possibly could. And I wasn't into. He probably tried to sell Richard one for eight thousand. Yeah, maybe that was the same guy. But it yeah. was like, man, like it. They don't cost that much. It, it, we 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 shouldn't. No, I don't. I don't want to play in those waters. So that's why I kind of went on my own. Say I create my own my own world. But the thing that me and Fred uh, shared in common, man, our belief system of wanting to um, just give, you know, a great product and even greater service. That was really the the thing that brought us together. It wasn't about money because we, you know, later we talk about it. The money is a byproduct of what we do. That's not what we do. We're in the people business by way of water treatment. So it was really about wanting to um, service a customer. And if we do a good job, we can probably make some money. That was probably more of yeah, how we... That's the long way around, but I would argue it's the best way around. Yeah. Because I know and I've dealt with so many people that look for the shortcut, try to make the fast buck, they get a bad reputation, they don't last in business a long time mm -hmm. because people talk negatively about them. But yet, if you talk to somebody said, yeah, you know, hey, thanks for that referral. You know, he came out and said... I didn't really need it. You know, there was a mm -hmm. couple of tweaks or whatever. Like, wow, who does that these days, right? And, and again, there are certain industries like auto mechanics where, you know, you just, the call comes in and they have your car and you're like, okay, it's either going to be 300 <laughs> yeah. or 3,000 and I'm not going to know the difference. Yeah. You know, but then somebody goes, hey, by the way, it was just a fuse. So we took right. care of it. Yeah. Your car's ready. You're like, wow, back to the trust thing, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, well, good. And, and you know, and, and I agree with you. And then... You're blessed because you, life reflects back on you what you are. <laughs> Whatever you're putting out is what you're getting back. So if things aren't working out for you, it's because you're probably not putting out the right exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. Taking care of people was the, I think, in both of our hearts, wanting to be the most important thing. And like you just mentioned, having a customer that has a, a water softener issue like what many plumbing companies are trained to do, plumbing companies don't know how to repair or service water treatment equipment. Most of them, they don't. They have no clue. Um, but being able to um, be transparent, there there are some systems that are uh, repairable or rebuildable or however you want to look at it, and then there are some that are not worth spending that type of money into. I always tell people the box store scenario. If you're into box store water softeners, they aren't designed they are, I call them professional garbage cans, right? They are designed to last for a, 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 a period of time. They're not designed to for longevity or rebuildable, those types of things. So when you go in the garage or you get a call about a box store water softener, the conversation is, here, this is what, what we can do. If we start to work on or repair this, there's a really great chance that that's, that system or those types of systems have, has a um, – a thing I call the jealousy theory. The very moment you fix what's wrong with it, the next month there's something else is going to break or go wrong with it. And there's something else in there is jealous yeah. and wants yeah, it wants to be fixed. It wants to be new too. So you you go down this rabbit hole trying to repair a a three hundred dollar water softener <laughs> that she's like, look, if you're just into the box store system, go get a, go get another one of those and we'll just install it. I can save you a whole lot of money and time if that's what you're into. So. That's what's more really important to us. Like, man, I'm not just trying to go and, you know, sell a, a, a new water softener, which would be great because we can, we can make money. But the whole thing is letting the, give, letting the customer know that they have options. 
I would love to uh, educate them about the different technologies and things that we'll talk about that I'm sure in the show because the water treatment space has evolved. Um, like you talked about the old, older technology, there's definitely newer things happening and, um, you know, making the customer aware. I think that's where a lot of water treatment companies have fallen short and not educating themselves and making themselves abreast in the changes of what's happening in the industry and knowing the proper right. equipment to uh, recommend to your 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 customer because there we deal with a couple of different waters dealing dealing with can, uh, what we call um, your municipal water and well water right municipal water for the most part most water treatment companies has we we figured it out we know the water sucks we know the water is hard and we know it has chemicals in it right and there's a solution for that yeah but, and a lot of times the pressure is too high when it comes to your house and you yeah so there there there's things that you know. Being able to educate and knowing what to look for, uh, and so that the customer is prepared. Because, like I said, the the tr- traditional or the water that we deal with on municipal water and dealing with well water is a whole nother class. It's a whole nother conversation. So I can't, in most cases, um, put the same equipment that I put on somebody's well water versus somebody who has you know city water, municipal water, or somebody who's paying a water bill. It can be a totally different conversation. So education, uh, if, if anything, yeah. I want people to know about what we are. We are first a educational company, and we sell water treatment, by the way. All right, perfect. And I have a question for Mark. Do you Are you uh, kind of a conspiracy theorist in the sense that there is such a thing as planned obsolescence where these where equipment is being made to last a certain amount of time and it's engineered that way? Or, uh, or do you think that? Well, remember uh, when refrigerators used to last forever? <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah. They don't anymore. It's five years yeah. or whatever, right. ten mm-hmm. max, and you got to do that. So, yeah, I think that you know parts wear out, and there's definitely an incentive for a company to be able to come out and service those things on a regular basis. Uh, so, I like to spend on quality that's going to last. But there's so much here, you know. The I don't have a monthly service on my water softener. Had never heard of this sanitizing solution type situation before. Um, I think there's a whole lot left there to to talk about. But Ty, as we wrap up, because we only have a couple minutes, but I wanted to get your take on what is a, do you guys do monthly service? If you do, what does that look like um, yeah. for folks out there? Typically are, our, our service, we don't, we don't have a monthly um, thing per se, unless it's a special um, equipment that we do with the, um, uh, commercial quality RO systems that require a little more attention that we, um, like we do a lot of, um, uh, uh, breweries or, or, or businesses that make their own beer, like whether it's souls, you heard those guys. Yes. So we install their equipment for, to make their beer. Some of those may require a little more attention than your home that has a reverse osmosis. Typically those filters, we, we address those annually, right? Because you have a, um, you know, the water softener, um, carbon filter, all this other stuff ahead of ahead protection ahead of that reverse osmosis system. So it doesn't need attention every month, but at least once a year or 12 to 18 months is usually that window of um, when that would need to be addressed. So there isn't per se a monthly thing that we offer that we find that's needed. Um, but, you know, every company is different. Like what, um, what Richard offers that's a that's a great um, for what for what is used for. There's another version of that that we use, and it's um, well, like how I use it at your house. Yeah, I remember you put something yeah. in there, right? So 
mine is more it's they won't call it a disinfectant but it's more designed to uh because you didn't have a um I think the reason I really wanted to pour it into your system was because I think you had let your system run out of salt. And what happens when your system starts to, if you're not keeping up with the, with the salt requirement, what happens is over time, because when your house is, when your house is plumb with, you have a water softener, every drop of water is coming into your water softener before it goes into your house. Salt is very important, very important in the process more so of cleaning than it is softening. So I tell people, think about salt as being soap. If salt isn't present when the water softener needs to go through a re regeneration cycle, it can't clean itself. So because salt is not present, what happens is the water softener is still going to go through the process of trying to clean itself. But it's still that, that dirty water, for lack of a better term. Now it's starting to collect more because those resin beads are we'll just call them magnets they're constantly trying to attract those that calcium and magnesium ion right and as it's continuing to getting quoted coated over layers and layers of that calcium mm -hmm. is the reason that stuff that i put in your system is a um to help to loosen the stuff up that has gathered on that um that resin bead to help it to clean itself in the regeneration process because it is layered because you didn't have salt in the system when it was ready for it to take a bath. Right. Makes sense. All right, cool. Covered a lot of ground uh, Oof, for sure. Really Ty, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, you can, of course, always call my office. Uh, my office is area code 210-664-1111 and my personal sale 210-379-6909. And we also have a website, uh, SA Water Softeners with an S.com. And um, you can follow me on, you know, the Waterman Facebook. And I also have, uh, they branded me Ty the Water Guy. I have a, a uh, Instagram and I have a Facebook page. And, of course, the Waterman has those things too. But yeah. my people branded Ty the Water Guy because most people don't think about the Waterman. They think about Ty the Water Guy. Thought of that. Yeah. And, and Mark is in that referral group that you – and I know you've come back out to visit, but, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Ty was there, was a, was a member way back when. Yeah, that's what he was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> All right, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast and catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us for this one. Great job, everybody. Thank you guys you, have sir. a great week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you sir. Appreciate it.